Hey guys, and welcome to my new podcast, The Nerdy Geek. So, you may know me from my other podcasts, The Corner Club, which include Game Corner, Chill Corner, Review Corner, Nerd Corner, and the own podcast, The Corner Club. So, I really hope you will enjoy this podcast. Um, go check those out. You know who I am. Um, in case you don't know, just call me... Never mind. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, anyway, <laughs> what will this podcast be about? Nerdy and geek stuff, so... Basically, it's a fanboy podcast, because over this 2020 quarantine, I had nothing to do except be a fanboy and homework. Lots and lots of homework. I have done too much homework. It's probably not okay how much homework I have done, but um, I really hope you will enjoy this podcast. So let's go off of this first episode of um, my podcast, and let's talk about my favorite fandoms in the whole fandomverse. So let's start out with, um, really, as you might have guessed from my theme music, what I'm thinking, the theme music will really change per episode according to what I'll be talking about. Like, if it's a movie, if it's a certain TV show, like, whatever. If I decide to talk about Mission Impossible, if I can get it to work, I will play the Mission Impossible theme song because... Tom Cruise, yeah. Tom Cruise is an icon. But anyway, <laughs> this is really exciting. But today I'm going to talk about the show I have binge-watched for, I guess it's really not binge-watching because I've been watching the show for a really long time. But I started re-watching it over the summer. And here we are, um, April 9th. This is the day I'm recording this. If you're listening to this on Halloween, good for you have a lot of candy. I love Halloween. But um, I'm actually excited for a Halloween episode. Gosh, I just kind of heard um some music for Halloween. Like, I'm thinking for a theme song for Halloween, and I'm really excited. But um, anyway, um, Doctor Who. Doctor Who. If you have not heard of Doctor Who, I advise you, go watch it. It is so good. I This may be my favorite show of all time. Um, second to Gravity Falls. <laughs> which I'll probably talk about next episode. So, spoilers for the entirety of Doctor Who, but if I wanted to give you a basic summary of the show, let me just tell you, it's extremely hard. Um, Doctor Who is really hard to explain in a long, like, in a short period of time. So I'm assuming that this is going to take a while. So, Alan Z, let's go. Let's start out old times. And speaking of which, I'm starting to watch the 60s show. Like, this show started out in the 1960s. 1963, to be exact, November 23rd, because I'm a nerd and I know this. So, essentially, this show started out in a police box in a junkyard. And these two school teachers named Ian and Barbara Chesterton wait, whoops, nope. Ian Chesterton and Barbara Wright, they were stalking their student Susan Foreman. It's not as creepy as it sounds. And they meet this old man who lives in this police box they found in the junkyard. And they call him Dr. Foreman because Susan calls him grandfather or the doctor. So he's like, not us, sis. I'm just the doctor. The original, you might say. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm the doctor. And it's really weird. He kidnaps them, goes to the prehistoric age. And then they essentially have like 40 years of adventures. Well, no. The doctor dies a couple of times. He can regenerate, and so he can have a different face. So the show can spice it up and have different actors come in. Or actresses now. Jodie Whittaker is the first female doctor. 2018, I think, she came onto the show. Wow. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, 
it's really fun. So essentially the show is split up into two eras, a classic series and a new series. And the classic series spanned from 1963 to, hold on, let me just check this. Um, Doctor Who. Uh, two, so it started from 1963 to 1989, I think. I don't know. I just Googled that real quick, so I honestly don't know. I think it's 1989. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. Um, And that's considered Classic Who. In Classic Who, we had um, seven doctors portrayed a role and numerous companions. So the doctors were played by William Hartnell, Patrick Trout and John Pertwee. Tom Baker, who you might recognize, he's the one with a really long scarf, um, which I kind of get a weird fetish from, from wearing scarves. I kind of have a weird addiction to wearing scarves. Uh, then, once Tom Baker left the show, we have, um, what's his face? Peter Davison. I always forget him. I don't know why, because he was actually my first Classic Who Doctor I saw in a Children in Eat special from the Revival series, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, after uh, Davison left the show, we had another baker, but it was not related to Tom Baker, named Colin Baker, and he's considered one of the least favorited doctors of the show. And that's because at that point of the show's history, it was going undermining changes. It, like, changed time zones for, like, not time zones, what am I saying? It changed times for when it was airing and, you know, changed creative crews. And, I mean, the head writer at the time actually kind of designed the sixth doctor or Colin Baker, to look pretty much like him. Colin Baker has a bit of an afro, I guess you could call it. I don't know, perm. And uh, the head writer, director, whatever, head of the BBC, head of Doctor Who, whatever you want to say, had a very, very similar style. Well, maybe not, once you see his outfit. But um, the Sixth Doctor is very, very colorful, very, very weird. And I mean, he only has two seasons, and one of the seasons is, like, literally one story, essentially, which, yikes. Um, it's season 23 called Trials of a Time Lord, and now I bet you're thinking, wait a second, didn't you just say you started 62? Have you been binge-watching, my good sir? No, I just know this because I constantly check the Doctor Who official website because I have no life. Anyway, <laughs> um, Col once Colin Baker regenerated because of some attacks from another Time Lord, which I'll actually get to once again in a second, yeah, I should probably mention the Doctor's a Time Lord with two hearts and 27 brains. No, not 27 brains, sorry. That, that's just a joke he said in one episode. Um, <laughs> this is getting really weird. I'm sorry if you were just being bored out. I mean, I don't blame you. But once Colin Baker left the show, which actually he was fired because the BBC did not like what Colin Baker was doing as the Doctor. But that wasn't his fault. Honestly, if, if it wasn't for big Finnish like audio dramas and stuff, Colin Baker would probably go down in history as the worst Doctor to ever portray the world, role. But um, <clears throat> Colin Baker, I've actually seen some interviews with him. He seems like a really nice guy. I really do like Colin Baker in my heart, even though I haven't even started to watch Colin Baker. I just saw a clip of Colin Baker, and his companion, or his friend, his time-traveling assistant, was killed in front of his eyes. That is, like, his defining moment. And that's probably bad that that's the defining moment. But once Colin Baker left, uh, a new doctor, Sylvester McCoy, entered the show. And he is a pretty cool man. 
he's like comedic. He's dark, though, at the same time. I mean, he was actually the doctor that celebrated two 25th anniversaries. Dot, dot, dot. Um, no, not two. Technically, it was one 25th anniversary, but on his 25th anniversary was called Silver Nemesis, which most fans do not like. They consider it one of the worst episodes of the show, I think. I don't know. Like, once again, like I've said, I haven't seen all of Classic Who. As a matter of fact, I'm only on, like, episode, um, 15 of Classic Who, which is, you may be saying, that's not too bad. Yeah, but considering that there's 50 episodes in the first season, hmm. <laughs> Serial Marco Polo, I'll get to that one also in a second. Hopefully I can get all this stuff in my head. So, Sylvester McCoy was on the show when it got cancelled with the final episode called Survival. And it was kind of a dead time. All you could get was, like, books, which some of them are really bad. Like, there's these books called The New Doctor Who Adventures, which I haven't actually read. I've just heard stuff about them. They're considered some of the worst Doctor Who media of all time, I think. I mean, the Doctor's companion goes through some really bad stuff. Like... If I want to keep this G-rated, I'm not even going to say what it is. But, yeah, they, she goes for some really, really bad stuff. And they're not married, by the way. Not, like, not marriage companion, they're just time-traveling companion. So, the show got cancelled in 1989. And there was, like, really no word except the comics and stuff. Like, children in need specials. Until 1996, when Americans decided that they were going to make a movie. Well, actually, this process went back years ago. But 1996 was the year it aired. And it's called Doctor Who the Movie. And it casted a new doctor called Paul McGann. Now, Paul McGann's really chipped, guys. Paul McGann was, you know, um, only on really for the movie. And eventually, when it came around for the 50th anniversary special of Doctor Who, he had a little short, which is excellent. I love that short. And essentially, though, the movie starts out with the seventh Doctor landing in San Francisco, New York, and being shot down by some goons in, like, a, like, what is it? Gang battle. Gang. It's a gang, not some goons. What am I saying? A gang battle. He regenerates. He becomes God. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, it's a long story. This guy watches Frankenstein in a morgue. I've not actually seen this movie. I'm just going off of some clips I've watched off of YouTube. Yeah! The, yeah. And that really wraps up what people call classic who. And, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll just put it like that. Interesting. Um, yeah, so far, classic who, first season, is not looking up to me. Because the real historicalness of Doctor Who is that it was originally meant to be a historical show. It was meant to be an educational show for kids. And so they have a bunch of educational episodes, like pure historicals are called. Episodes which only revolve around history. Like, there's most episodes have an alien, at least, or something. These episodes have nothing. Just, aha, today I think I'm going to go to, um, uh, Damn, let me think. Rome and meet some Romans and do pretty much nothing for the entire episode except Dr. Romans. Except it's not just one episode, it's seven episodes. Yeah, um, Classic Who is advised up into these things called serials. So it's one story which can last up to, I think the longest serial in the show's history is 10 or 12 parts. And I think, um, hold on, let me fact check this real quick. Um, let me just check. 
um, longest Doctor Who serial. And the longest Doctor Who serial is, well, okay, can't find it apparently. The long, um, the most episodes. So, in a Doctor Who serial, okay. Sorry, this is I can't find it apparently. But I think the longest serial is the Daleks Master Plan. I'm not I'm not sure about this. I'm pretty sure this runs up to like ten or twelve episodes, each twenty-five minutes long. And the show has been going on for twenty-five minutes long until series twenty-three, like I said, when Colin Baker got the role and things became wonky for him. Um and yeah. So, um, yeah, we're just gonna leave it at that real quick, and then we're gonna go on to something I like to call New Who. So, you see, New Who started in 2005, when the BBC decided, well, not just the BBC, a writer named Russell T. Davies, true icon, and someone else, I think his wife, hold on, let me just check this real quick, I'm doing a lot of fact check here. I probably should have prepared, but if you could not tell, I'm just improving this on the spot. So, I think I'm doing pretty good. Oh, okay. Um. Um, yeah. So... Julie Gardner, I think, is, um, yeah, Julie Gardner, I think, convinced Russell T. to do a reboot of the beloved 60s classic, and, yeah, it's, it's a, I love the reboot, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I just started to do there, but the, um, the reboot is amazing, it has lasted from 2005 to the present day, and we have had, um, let's see, one, two, three, five or six doctors, I think, just in this time. Well, actually, a couple more, but we don't go into that. <laughs> now, um, yes, so, I don't know, I just lost my train of poop. Um, um, what was I saying? Yes, so, never mind. So, we start out... We start out with, in 2005, with an episode called Rose, which follows an ordinary shop girl named Rose Tyler, and she meets um, her the doctor, who is portrayed at this point not by um, Paul McGann. R.I.P. him. I... I feel bad for him. I really feel bad for him. He got really gypped. But, um... But by a man named Christopher Eccleston, who has enormous ears. And it started at this point to become an ongoing joke that, um... The doctors have a weird thing. He has the ears. So, this doctor regenerates by absorbing the time vortex. Because, you know... 
Rose absorbed a time vortex and to defeat some enemies of his, which I'll, I'm just going to have a whole section about enemies, which probably will last about like 20 minutes. I could talk about the enemies for a long time. But um, the ninth Doctor, or for wise known as Christopher Eccleston, regenerates into the tenth Doctor, which, in my opinion, is my personal favorite Doctor in New Who. I'm probably going to get a lot of resent about this. But... David Tennant is a icon. He has the hair. I mean, if you've ever seen a picture of Doctor Who, like the doctors in Doctor Who, this guy might be the most recognizable one. He has the enormous hair. He has like the trench coat, like the suit. He's amazing. And um, he actually, I think, has had the longest time on screen for New Who. He had three seasons and... Um, Five, a uh, couple Christmas specials. Actually, he has the most Christmas specials by up by having one more, I think, than all the other two, one or two more than all the other doctors, while at the same time having three more specials in addition to that. So David Tennant has, I think, held the title. Excuse me, having the most episodes of the New Who Doctor so far. I don't know, maybe Chris Chibnall. I don't know why I said it. Whoa, excuse me. Decides to make Jodie Whittaker go on for a long time, but I'll get to her in a couple of minutes. Um, <coughs> anyway, David Tennant is iconic. <laughs> what am I doing? Oh my gosh. Um, but when he regenerates, <laughs> um, we go on to a new doctor named Matt Smith. Also iconic. He's baby, I'm sorry. He's the most baby to ever be a baby. Adults. I don't know. Um, Like, literally, he looks baby. He looks like... A, like, he looks baby. Um, Especially in one episode where he just kind of turns directly to the camera in shock. He looks baby. And for his first season, he has really bad hair. And he is the doctor with the chin. He has the enormous chin. <laughs> it, it's honestly an ongoing joke of how he has the chin. Um, and this doctor is my second favorite doctor of New Who. Once again, I'm probably going to get some resentment. But this doctor has some weird things going for him. He has a catchphrase, but he uses it quite often, except when it finally is his time to come. Which, I don't know, has always kind of been weird to me. I don't know why. Which was also the last word. Um, his catchphrase is also the last word of David Tennant's last episode, The End of Time Part 2. And yeah, this is going somewhere. <laughs> um, but essentially, where I'm going with this is that. Um, uh, where was I going with it? Shoot, I forgot. Um, oh, yes, Matt Smith's doctor has like these weird fetishes. Like, he's. He loves bow ties. He has like this he has a saying of things are cool. Like bow ties. He always says bow ties are cool. He loves hats. He has a step he has a Stetson in one episode. He goes, Stetson's a cool. He has a hat. Uh, I just said that. He has a fez and he goes, Fezes are cool. He thinks bunk beds are cool, glasses are cool, um 
some there's some um there's other things I think I don't I can't remember at the tip of my tongue. Like I said, I'm improving this on the spot. So I think this is probably gonna end up kinda badly in retrospect in the end. But it's pretty good at the moment. And that voice crack though. Let's just Um, <laughs> um anyway. But in Matt Smith's tenure, we got the 50th anniversary special of the show. And like I said a bit earlier, we got a quick special with a mini episode with Paul McGann's eighth doctor and how he regenerated. But he didn't regenerate into Chris Brackleston. Oh, no, 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 no. He regenerated into the one, the only, Sir John Hurt. Oh, yeah, like that John Hurt. Like, Ollivander John Hurt. Like, um, what else is he in? Um, like, Ollivander, um, 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 I think he was Ollivander. He was Ollivander, right? 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 Oh, that'd be awkward if he wasn't. But, um, yeah, yes, he is. Apparently, it's some guy in Indiana Jones. Um... A lot of other stuff which I haven't even heard of. Hercules? Question mark? I don't know. And TV shows. Uh, oh, he's a Merlin. Duh. Some other stuff. He's he's famous though. I like John Hurt. May his soul rest in peace. Let's just press F to pay respects. Okay. Um. Oh, so if you hear like this weird feedback, I'm in my basement because my dad's upstairs doing some thing because quarantine and stuff. We have to, you know keep a career and stuff, but I'm down in my basement <laughs> pantry, actually. I'm in the way, way back of the pantry. Yep, so, um, John Hurt is an icon. And so this was a really big deal for the show, that John Hurt just came in and was a doctor, because having a secret regeneration was something the show had never done before. Fanboys and fangirls were delighted. And I mean, it honestly makes sense, though, because I kind of quickly grazed over something, slash forgot about it completely to talk about. And it's kind of a big part in the show's history. And this is a big war that the Doctor fought in. Whoa, I don't know what that was. Thought. In, um, it's called the Time War, which was a war between his people, the Time Lords, and the Doctor's greatest enemy, the Daleks, which we'll get to when we get to the enemy section. And, essentially, the war ended when the Doctor blew up his home planet, uh, decimating both Time Lords and Daleks alike, committing genocide, which was honestly something I feel like the Doctor was always going to come to, because I've seen, I actually saw this one classic episode called Genesis of the Daleks, which is considered the, potentially the, one of the best episodes of the show, if not the best. But, um, there's this one part where the Doctor... Uh, contemplates if he commits genocide to the Daleks, and he has, like, this big emotional speech. So I guess committing genocide to the Daleks in the end, and actually the Time Lords, he really saw coming. And yeah. <laughs> um, what, what next? Let me think. What, what next? Um, um, alright. So, and I mean, people really didn't just think that Christopher Eccleston would commit genocide to his people. He was too nice. So instead, we got John Hurt. And, yeah. Spoiler alert! Um, he actually didn't commit genocide to his people. And yeah, he he's a phenomenal. 
But going back to Matt Smith's doctor, um, ah, so going back to Matt Smith's doctor, he's vibing, I guess, and he sees his tombstone in a grave, and essentially he um, dies. Ha! Nope, just kidding. The Time Lords grant him extra regenerations, so then he becomes the next doctor. I also probably should have mentioned that Time Lords have regeneration limits. So I guess that really didn't make that much sense. Yeah, this is really not going well for me. But hey, I'm like, I don't know. 25 minutes in. <laughs> I can't stop now. Um, so Matt Smith regenerates into the next doctor, Peter Capaldi. Like the guy in Torchwood who, you know, did some stuff. And Peter Capaldi is also in Paddington. Yeah, Paddington. Um... Yeah, Peter Capaldi actually was, for the longest time, my least favorite doc. Please don't kill me. Um, and you know what? I don't agree with this all completely now. I know he has some really great moments. I've actually seen some episode, like moments of him. I don't actually own all of Capaldi simply because quarantine and, yeah. Um, I own one Capaldi season, and... Just watching some stuff up of YouTube about Capaldi and his stuff. He's a really cool doctor. I really like him. And I really like his series 10, which is his final series. That's my one of my favorite series, to truth be told. Um, and, you know, um, yeah, Capaldi's pretty great. He has a really good arc. Like, this is the first time, I think, maybe, I don't know. Like I said, I haven't seen all of Classic 2. That the Doctor has had a full, like, arc arc. Like, he... The Doctor is actually a pacifist. Except in his first season, Series 8, the 12th Doctor, a.k.a. Wait, whoa, what was that? A.k.a. Peter Capaldi, did not follow along with this. He actually killed people. Like, in the flesh. Like, you know, he tricked a soldier to his death. Um, There's this episode, Mummy on the Orient Express, where he's like... Where there's like this creepy mummy that once you see it, you have 66 seconds to live. Maybe I'll get to that in my monster part. Um, <coughs> yeah. Whoa, sorry, that's a toe. Um, maybe I really don't know. But, um, essentially, he basically goes from that to normal doctor status being like, no, I want to kill. He's also Scottish, which is something new, I think. Maybe. No, actually, David Tennant was Scottish, but he put on a British accent. Correct me if I'm wrong once again, if Peter Capaldi is the only Scottish doctor so far. And then, recently, 2017, I want to say? Um, let me see. Um, I'm going to say 2017. Yes, 27. December 25th, 2017, Peter Capaldi regenerated. And this was a huge deal, considering that Peter Capaldi is mostly everyone's favorite doctor because of his redemption arc, and I think, and stuff. Sorry, Capaldi. Um, I really I really do like Capaldi in retrospect, but yes. And this was a big deal, though, because the show had just, like, at this point, this final episode... It aired on Christmas Day, 2017. It was called Twice Upon a Time. And this was a big, big ending. Which was really disappointing and sad. 
mean, the head writer who had changed from Russell T. Davies is, who was at that point, Stephen Moffat. Gosh, I probably should have told you this earlier. But, um, Stephen Moffat, who had actually worked on a show since season one and produced the ever so famous, infamously terrifying episode, um, The Empty Child, Dr. Dances. And once Russell C. Davies left a show with David Tennant, he became head writer and had wrote for pretty much over a decade with the show, writing all of Matt Smith's seasons, all of, no, like, not every episode, but head producer, whatever, of Matt Smith and Capaldi's run. And their run lasted from 2010 to 2017, so I guess really only seven years? Yep. And then we had pretty much, and so this was really, really sad to see uh, Capaldi and Moffico. But on top of all this, on top of it, which I honestly didn't know until recently, the composer who had, whoa, what the heck, who had written pretty much everything, I mean, he had written all the Doctor's themes, including the epic theme song. Um, hold on. Who wrote, the, who wrote the epic theme song? Let me just Google this real quick. Hold on. Oh, oh no, sorry. It's my Chromebook back here. Sorry. Uh, this is... Nope, no, it's not. Oh, gosh. Um, who wrote the epic song, I Am The Doctor? Oh, I'm on a different section of my basement now. Uh, who wrote the epic song... I am the doctor. If my YouTube loads. Hold on. You know what? Oh, there we go. There we go. There we go. And that's essentially all that we can play, because I don't want who's suing me. And actually, I don't know, could I? I don't know. They might sue me anyway. I really hope they don't. And... And he also wrote this epic song, which was Peter Capaldi's theme song. That last one, I Am The Doctor, was Matt Smith's theme song. But... Murray Gold also composed Peter Capaldi's theme song, which is this, which is also epic. Yeah, that. <laughs> it's amazing. But, yeah. And at this point in the show, all three of these icons left. Fundamental factors of the show. And the show was handed to a man called Chris Chibnall, or Stris Bibnall, or Chris Cannibal. I call him that sometimes, because I sometimes forget his name, but Chris Chibnall, um, and he casted the first female doctor, Jodie Whittaker, like I mentioned earlier, and, um, she's okay, I actually haven't seen Resolution, the episode Resolution onwards, so I really only have one season to judge by, and that season is considered potentially Doctor Who's lowest point, question mark well actually no people say that series 7b is doctor's lowest point i disagree but um so really just by that season it's such a hit or miss season it's kind of hard to judge jody whitaker's doctor because her episodes were so hit and miss i mean i really don't know where to start with her i mean she's okay but there's nothing really new about her which it's I guess, I don't know, her episodes are wonky, um, sometimes too, I mean, 
sometimes you just have really weird episodes, misguided endings, stuff like that. But that's okay. It's all cool. Cool beans. Cool, cool, cool beans. Beans are cool. No, beans are bad. Bad, bad beans. Cool beans. But anyway, um... <coughs> now I probably think I'm on crack. Um, yeah. But, really, Jodie Whittaker's doctor is really good. I do like her. She... Jodie's going, doing phenomenal for what she has, very much like Colin Baker, who is also considered the worst doctor at the time. But for what Colin Baker had, he did pretty good. He did really good he, with the writing. It's really the writer's fault behind these episodes. So am I blaming Chris Chibnall for writing six out of ten episodes in a season? And most of them turning out, eh? Well, <laughs> His other works in the Hooniverse, Torchwood, which I actually haven't seen. I've just heard stuff about it. Uh, it's... I, I think his work on Torchwood is phenomenal. I don't know. But his work on Doctor Who I really do like. But his work on Doctor Who is some of the least favorited episodes, surprisingly. Um, he wrote 42, Hungry of Cold Blood. Um, Dinosaurs on a Spaceship and the Power of Three, I think, are his five episodes before he became showrunner. Um, and I actually do like those episodes, but the episodes of the Chibnall era have something weird about them. It's like, have a different tone. I mean, they really just went, boom, resetting it! Like, first thing, it's wonky. It's good, though. It's wonky, but it's good. But, yeah, I've talked for probably over a half hour, question mark, and... Somehow, I'm feeling fine. Yay! Um, <clears throat> I really hope you do enjoy this podcast. I hope you continue listening. But wait! I hear you saying. What about monsters? And villains? And episodes? What are your favorite episodes? Um, part two, guys? Hey? <laughs> yeah, what about a part two? I'll make a part two. Yeah, I'm, I'm down to it. Part twos are cool. Bow ties are cool. Fezzes are cool. But wait. Sorry, I feel like I should also probably tell you this real quick. The Doctor travels in a time machine called the TARDIS Time and Relative Dimension in Space, and, you know, um, it's cool. It's disguised as a police box because iconicness reasons, uh, budgets was low, and, you know, um, because, um, the chameleon circuit got stuck in 1960, in the 1960s, and it became a police box permanently. But it can easily be fixed, but the doctor and everyone just doesn't do it. Because they like the police box, and actually, the doctor is considering himself the policeman of the universe, which, good, I like that. And, but yeah, um, next part, I'm gonna make a goal. Talk about all the companions I know. I'm gonna need my DW, um, Doctor Who character encyclopedia for that one. I mean, some companions I don't actually think are in that? What? <laughs> Which is fine, but I'll talk about the main ones. Mainly the ones I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> and the ones I don't know about. Well, <laughs> guess I'll die. No, I'll probably just put a side mention about, like, oh yeah, and then there's that one, that one, that one, that one, and that one, which I don't know a thing about because I haven't gotten to them yet in Classic Who. But yeah, um... I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. Stay tuned for the second part of this Doctor Who trilogy. I think I'm going to make it a trilogy. 
uh, just kind of your basic knowledge about the Hooniverse, which, like I said, it's a lot to know. I mean, this whole episode is like a half hour long, and I mean, I only cover who the Doctors are, and the division between Classic Who and New Who. I mean, there's so much. I mean, what about planets? What about Gallifrey? Scarrow? What about aliens? What about the Daleks? What about the Cybermen? What about companions, which I said I'll get to next episode? What about Meep the Beep? Or is it Beep the Meep? It might be Beep the Meep. Oh no. Is it Beep the Meep? Beep the Meep. Is it Beep the Meep? I, I think it's Beep. Oh, it's Beep the Meep. Sorry. It's not Meep the Beep. It's Meep. Beep the Meep. And... Some good episodes, some classic episodes, your essential guide to watching Who. <laughs> Heck, this might actually spawn for like six episodes. I could probably make an entire series just on my Who fandom. But I want to do some other stuff, like fun. Like, this is fun. I like doing this. I enjoy doing this. But, um, yeah, like other stuff for people don't, are not as bored of me being like, Doctor Who's amazing, and, you know, David Tennant will forever be my truest icon, and stuff like that, but, um, I really hope you do enjoy this podcast. Check out my other podcasts, um, The Corner Club, Trilogy Plus Two, I don't know what else to call it, um, which are Game Corner, Chill Corner, Review Corner, Nerd Corner, and, um, actually very coming soon, which I actually haven't recorded yet, but coming soon. Uh, the Corner Club. So go check all those out. Uh, that's with my friend Aiden, who also has his own podcast. But sorry if you're listening to this, Aiden. I forgot your podcast name. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm such a failure. But um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, come back soon for another episode. Maybe tomorrow? Maybe never again? I don't know. No, that's probably bad luck to say that because, you know. Yeah, anyway. I really hope you enjoy this. Thank you for listening. Bye. And... Allons-y!